Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Well, good morning. Certainly uh, happy to be here today, and, and uh, it's certainly my privilege on behalf of our lung transplant program, which I think is truly uh, nationally known and internationally known uh, to uh, present some uh, sort of innovative things uh, that we're doing and our outcomes. So, you know, as with many of the other programs, I think at our, our, our uh, enterprise and at other enterprises, the last uh, few years have been a bit difficult for our lung transplant program, uh, particularly during this, uh, you know, respiratory associated uh, uh, pandemic. It really hit our lung transplant program hard, both uh, for patients that we were attempting to evaluate, uh, as well as our patients uh, after lung transplantation who unfortunately suffer from a very high mortality uh, if they contract uh, COVID. But as I'll show you in a second, our, our team, uh, and in keeping with the theme that Dan brought up earlier, our team responded in an exceptional way to, to be able to maintain uh, our program and to maintain this, uh, uh, this therapy for our patient population. So really, truly, many, some of the people I've highlighted on this slide uh, in terms of the flyout teams, nursing and coordinators, uh, but certainly many, many others uh, that participated in really a Herculean effort to, uh, to keep things moving well. So with this effort, we continue to, to maintain and to be a resource uh, for uh, all of the United States and indeed uh, all of the world. We receive referrals from uh, across the country uh, over the last decade or 15 years. About 20 to 25% of the patients that we see in our lung transplant program for evaluation have been declined by at least one other lung transplant program in the United States. Uh, and the same is true for some of the international referrals that we have as well. We have some areas of specialty and expertise. Uh, we typically do at least uh, four lung livers a year. Uh, so we have expertise centered around uh, dual organ transplantation and typically perform at least a couple of heart lung transplants uh, on a yearly basis uh, as well. So despite this uh, high risk population, uh, we continue to do uh, quite well. Uh, shown here is our volumes over the last uh, uh, four or five years. I, I will note that we're one of two lung transplant programs in the United States that have consistently done more uh, than 100 lung transplants a year for the last decade. Um, uh, and our national rank uh, typically is anywhere from uh, one to three uh, over the last decade, uh, depending on the year-to-year -year volume. But uh, that uh, tier at the top is quite coalesced in terms of you know one or two or three lung transplants here, here or there. So really a, a significant volume and a significant effort uh, to offer this uh, uh, to our patient population. And again, despite uh, the complexity of our patients, uh, we continue to maintain uh, a perioperative, and uh, I won't show it, but one in three year survival. Uh, that, is, that is quite good uh, and well within the range, I think, on a risk-adjusted basis, uh, given the complexity of the patient population. So one of the ways we do this is with uh, EBLP. Uh, EBLP is shown here. Michael mentioned it earlier uh, that the heart tr uh, transplant program is, is engaging in this activity as well. Uh, so we've been involved in this on a clinical basis in the lung transplant program for about five or six years. Uh, we are indeed a world leader uh, in this regard. We have significant expertise around this. We have two patents uh, uh, centered around uh, this technology and evaluating lungs. And what this does is it essentially allows us to use lungs that others won't use. 
So uh, lungs that are declined because they're felt to be marginal uh, uh, after we've evaluated them, decided that we can't go directly to transplant. We use this technology to be able to uh, evaluate them and indeed uh, to make them better. Uh, so to improve the lung function so they're ultimately transplantable. And shown on the right side are, are some of the categories uh, of lungs and reasons for decline by others that we've used. And, and this has really helped us maintain our volume and to uh, be at the cutting edge of, of both clinical volume and innovation uh, uh, in the United States. And this sort of technology, machine perfusion of organs, is one that's really beginning to take hold in a lot of different uh, uh, organ transplant programs uh, across the country and across the world. Our liver program uh, has been very active for the last two, three, four years in, in ex vivo liver perfusion as well. Uh, our um, intestine program is engaged in this, as is our soft tissue uh, transplant program as well. So in, indeed, uh, our survival, although the, again, this is unadjusted, uh, much as uh, Faisal mentioned, this is unadjusted compared to uh, lungs that went straight to transplant, uh, but overall, uh, unadjusted survival is actually better with these marginal lungs that have undergone EVLP and evaluation than with lungs that we take uh, straight to transplant. So in, instead of trying to compete with SID uh, on a humor basis, which is, uh, I believe, impossible uh, uh, for most of us or all of us, what I decided to do was uh, to uh, move, uh, trend more in the tearjerker direction. So I wanted to highlight a patient, I think, that really exemplifies uh, what we do, really the heart of our program uh, and how the team uh, responds when they really need to. So this is uh, JC, Mr. Uh, JC, shown on the left, uh, shown with his wife and, and two small children. And Mr. Uh, JC had a... Um, uh, a form of uh, pulmonary fibrosis that is familial, and that's a progressive disease where the lungs gradually get more and more fibrotic, patients get more and more short of breath, uh, and uh, ultimately die generally within six to eight years or so of diagnosis. So he was actually doing reasonably well, but uh, and had never been seen by our lung transplant program, but in August of last year, uh, suffered an acute exacerbation. And this sometimes happens with this disease, with this IPF. Uh, where patients get quite sick and admitted to the hospital with respiratory failure. And shown here is, is him shortly after admission on a high-flow nasal cannula uh, in uh, our ICUs with his two small children. Uh, within a few days to a week or so, he got much worse, ultimately requiring uh, intubation, uh, underwent a rapid evaluation by our lung transplant program, um, given his immobility and, and being intubated in the ICU, he was ultimately placed on ECMO by our ECMO team, uh, which uh, uh, between the ECMO team, the ICU nurses, respiratory therapists, and the other staff did an outstanding job of getting him up and mobile uh, uh, on ECMO. And this is on Vino Vino ECMO. And this is something that we've been doing at this institution now for about eight years. Uh, our outcomes are much better when patients are up in ambulatory prior to a transplant, when they're acutely ill than if they're laying in bed and have been deconditioned for a while, as you might suspect. So he worked quite hard, uh, as did the team, to get him ready for his transplant. And ultimately, uh, about uh, five weeks after being admitted to the hospital, he was transplanted, uh, remained in the ICU for about a week and a half to two weeks. And this is his first day out of the ICU, uh, watching the sunset from the roof uh, after uh, about two weeks after his transplant. 
ultimately uh, went home uh, within a couple of weeks. This is his first day home. Uh, his uh, vocation, uh, his calling, if you will, was that of an artist, a tattoo artist. Uh, and this is him uh, within a couple of months of returning to home, doing his first tattoo actually on his wife. That's his wife there. She was the volunteer uh, to see how his tremor was working out. And uh, this is actually uh, what he did. Uh, so quite, uh, quite spectacular and artistic, uh, I think. And this is him subsequently a month or two later uh, with his newborn child. So the thing I did fail to mention is at the time of admission, his wife was uh, to the hospital in August of last year. His wife was nine months pregnant um, and she ultimately gave birth uh, to a daughter. And this is him. So he and his wife uh, continue to remain uh, involved in our lung transplant program and indeed serve as mentors uh, for, uh, for other patients uh, who are undergoing evaluation uh, for lung transplantation. So thank you. And thank, thank, our, thank all the teams again for uh, their efforts and participation in this program. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash cardiac consult podcast.